covering Broken Arrow. Enjoy the episode. Broken Arrow. Arrow. That arrow is broken, believe you me. I've been a Broken Arrow all my life, Jeff. You've been a Broken Arrow? I've had... No sleep? No sleep and no direction. My and quiver a little, has been weak. And a little bit radioactive. And then the bow has been bowing and bending and breaking. Did you ever do archery? No. I did. I was a Boy Scout. Oh. terrible. Did you break an arrow once? A few times. Yeah. A few times. Well, you know what? That has nothing to do with this broken arrow. Because in this movie, it's referring to a a missing nuclear nuclear device. (laughs) That's right, folks. This week, we're talking about the 1996... Sorry. I, I, I I hit the table. The 1996 action film broken arrow directed by john woo and starring the one and only john, john travolta, travolta and christian, christian slater. slater i'm gonna blow Christians. up the school <laughs> <laughs> you watched uh, uh heather's. heather's yeah you know i think we're just gonna have to do something uh, i don't know what his line is what but. why so did you watch Heather's, I take it. Well, not recently, but I've seen it. And I'm, okay, I'm aware of his character. Did you know that? To blow did you know that it's like an exact copy of um, another film that came out in the '70s, where it's about like someone killing their classmates and popular kids. I mean, there's quite a few movies with that basic topic. Yeah, but it's like word for word. It's an IMDb trivia page. Sorry, folks, we're gonna talk about Heather's for the first five <laughs> minutes of the podcast. Uh, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. Uh, trivia. Um, hold on, hold on a second. He's on the run. He's on the run. He's on the run. He's doing it, doing it, doing it, doing it. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Just bear with me, folks. Bear with me, folks. Um. Okay. So there is another movie that came out in the '70s. I'm looking at for the title. Fuck, this is really awkward. Do you know what? The the guy who wrote Heather's, uh, Daniel Waters. Yep, I found it, by the way. Okay. It's a movie in 1976 called Massacre at Central High. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, but the writer of Heather's, Daniel Waters, do you know that he wrote essentially two more major movies for the rest of his career? Um, and then was more or less banned from Hollywood. <laughs> what two movies did he write, Jeff? Uh, he wrote Heather's. And then everyone was like, yeah, that was a great script. This guy will definitely work well in the studio system. This guy who made a movie about destroying uh, the systems that you're in. Yeah. Uh, so he wrote Batman Returns. Oh, boy. And Demolition Man. Oh, boy. And then he only worked on, like, super small movies for the rest of his career. What happened? Demolition Man was a hit. Demolition Batman Returns was a hit as well, but yeah. Batman Returns was a... There's a reason Tim Burton did not come back for the third one. Right, but was it Batman was Returns... way too dark. Yeah. Um, his script, you know, it's obviously a movie about three people who use their costumes as a way to get sexual fantasies and get off and because they are incapable of processing their trauma. It's a little hard for a superhero movie that uh, Warner Brothers was trying to sell as a family experience. But we want to sell McDonald's toys. <laughs> Deadass... Um, Batman Returns started protest. I don't know if you're aware. Is there a protest for that movie? Really? Because it was way too. They considered it way too dark. Um, and then he wrote a Catwoman movie where uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman went to like a Las Vegas run by superheroes and destroyed the patriarchy in it. Wow. It was essentially Heather's, but in Las Vegas with superheroes. What happened to this guy? Uh, Warner Brothers said no, thank you. 
Um, and he was essentially blacklisted from working as a uh, major writer in Hollywood. Is he still alive? He's still kicking. Has he? And he's not done any other big movie since. He has directed two movies. One of them's called Happy Campers. The other one's called Sex and Death 101. And then he wrote another movie called Vampire Academy. I feel like this guy did nothing wrong. Oh, he absolutely did everything right. <laughs> and should be given another chance. Because I feel like nowadays in Hollywood, we are looking for that, albeit phony breaking the system, but it's nonetheless breaking the system-esque movies. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he would thrive today. Exactly. He be, he was trying. He was writing movies critiquing the system that he was writing the movies in. Yeah. Hollywood is a very fickle, ego-driven place. And when they get scripts written about them being fickle and ego-driven, they have a tendency to blacklist you. Do you know who else is evil and ego-driven? Who? John Travolta and Broken Arrow. Yes. Good way. Good segue <laughs> to bring us back to Broken uh, Arrow. Which, I mean, not to jump right into the plot. Maybe we should back up first. Do you have any um, pretenses there's, and there's, some information? This movie has a fair bit of context to it. Yeah. You know, it's... We'll talk about Travolta first. Um, you know, he is coming off... Of, by the way, folks, thank you for listening to our episode last week on Get Shorty. Oh, yeah! An episode we have definitely already recorded. It was a great time. It was a phenomenal time. We yes. love talking to Kathy and Mary Grace. It was so much fun. We have definitely already done it. Um, they, they were on that episode, right? Yes, they were on that episode. They were on they were, that. Yes, they were on that episode. They were for sure on that episode. Yes. Don't you remember? We, re- we have recorded it. They were on that episode. I just was double-checking... Oh, they were there. They were there. Okay, cool. But yes, um, so Travolta's, he's back, baby. Uh, yeah, he's back. Pulp, Pulp Fiction Pulp, brought Pulp him Fiction back. Single-handedly resurrected his career. He had a little moment there <laughs> with <laughs> White Man's Burden. But no, one's, moment, no one saw it. <laughs> no so. one saw it, so I guess it's fine. By, by the way, can I just say, we're recording this episode the week that the Pulp Fiction episode dropped. Uh, we hope you folks enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, but also, what a hell of a week we picked to start talking about Quentin Tarantino. Am I right? Yeah. A man who has said nothing controversial in the past week whatsoever Ooh. on the same day that our episode dropped. Yeah, I texted you. A man who is that... not currently in a beef with Bruce Lee's daughter. He, um, <laughs> so I guess if you live under a rock and you only listen to this podcast, there's another small, tiny little podcast you may not know about called the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't think anyone's ever heard of that. Podcast. I don't think anyone's, I've never heard of it. I've never listened to it before. I don't know this Joe Rogan. I don't know how big he is, but Quinn Tarantino was a very highly requested guest on the Joe Rogan podcast. And last week, or I guess this week, it by the on. time you're listening to this episode, it would have been two weeks ago, possibly three, possibly three, yeah, yes. possibly three. Um, and a lot of things were said. Yeah. A lot of things were said. We picked a great week to, to post that episode. It might have brought us some more traction. Who knows? Have we checked our stats? No. Uh, we'll do that when we finish this episode. Okay. But anyway, um, Pulp Fiction single-handedly brought back Travolta's career. Single-handedly. Uh, White Men's Burn, no one saw it, so it doesn't matter. Uh, we're actively trying to forget that we saw it. Yeah. We're working very hard at that. Um, but it's then, still got some scars. You know, he's, he's back in the mainstream. He got his Oscar nomination. He's yep. a proven box office draw again. Mm-hmm. He gets Get Shorty, which is kind of an evolution of his character in Pulp Fiction. He's, yeah. The big like reorientation he gets out of Pulp Fiction is it feels like every movie we've watched of him since Pulp Fiction has a... He's essentially more or less playing a, a more villainous, scumbaggy role. Yeah, he's not afraid to take those roles on. Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of re... 
uh, like centered himself away from the heartthrob roles he used to have. And he's played scumbags before, yeah. but they're always the good guys, yes. the protagonist. He's willing at this point to like take a bath in the river of ham, you know, give himself a little more of an edge in these movies. Take a bath in the river of ham. It's a Jeff Sweeney. It's a Kenneth Branagh quote, not mine. Okay. I'm not that clever. He told a, an actor on the set of Thor they should bathe in the river of ham. Uh, and you can definitely see it in that movie. But Okay. Okay. Duly noted. But he's he's willing to go outside of his box that he had trapped himself in in the 80s. Yeah. He's willing to take on supporting roles. He's willing to take on villainous roles. Yeah. He's willing to just show himself in a not positive light. He's kind of, He got better damage control by removing his damage control, if that makes sense. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah. this movie, Broken Arrow, really... Because... Pulp Fiction was a little bit subtle. Yes. It was subtle in the sense that, you know, I'm still the protagonist, but I'm not like the heartthrob, good-looking protagonist. This is like a door slam in the face of what he's willing to do to stay A-list. This is like over-the-top super (laughs) performance. Exactly. And I love him in this. And and it doesn't do that right away either. Yeah. It's a reveal, which here's the thing. I was watching Terminator 2 Judgment Day the other Mm. day. A good movie. A great movie. And something that a lot of people don't realize is, it, it, I, I don't know how much of it was intended in the direction or the screenplay of the Arnold Schwarzenegger T-800 to be revealed as a good guy. I, I know, Chapman, that is but it was very re- intentional. It was, it, it was intentional for them to hide it until the moment in the mall yes. or intentional for them to know he's a good guy from the get-go because i was told it was intended for him to be hidden as the yes the good guy until the mall scene until he pulls out the shotgun and then tells john connor get down right but the marketing ruined it yes the marketing for t2 maybe you were the one who told me this i probably was uh (laughs) but the marketing for t2 um ruined it. Yeah, it blew, it blew the trick. It blew the trick. And because I, I wonder about this movie. That's that's the trick James Cameron was playing with Terminator 2. Yeah. Is he... James Cameron, uh, you know, only, has only done a few sequels. I mean, he's doing four sequels to Avatar now. Yeah. But, you know, there's obviously when you make a sequel, there's the... Like, people are going to go in with a mild bit of tension of, are they just going to repeat themselves? Well... And he, so James Cameron's yeah. trick is, he makes you think he's repeating himself. Because the opening of the movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger. You think Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming back to kill the kid. And the resistance has sent a person who's dressed as a cop. And cops are obviously good guys right. in the 80s. <laughs> and, um, good catch there. Yes. Um, and you think the cop is the good guy. Right. And it's not until that moment where Schwarzenegger's like, good down. And he pulls the shotgun and shoots the cop. And the cop turns out to be a liquid metal Terminator. Yes, that you're like, oh, Cameron's flipping the script on us. That's a really good twist. But the marketing showed clear commercials of uh, Linda, Linda Hamilton. Um, who plays John Connor in that movie? Uh, Eddie Furlong. Eddie Furlong and Arnold Schwarzenegger tag yes. teaming in the mark in the commercials and all yes. that stuff. So it ruined the trick. And I, the reason why I bring that up is because this movie starts off with a John Travolta, Christian Slater, brotherly boxing fight. Boxing fight, and it shows them as partners, like a Top Gun, Maverick, and um, Goose, Goose sort of way. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I would even like maybe 10, 15 mm-hmm. minutes. John Travolta turns evil. Yeah, immediate bad guy. Turns out he was a big battle yes. along because they do have a false. They have a um, uh, Bob Gunton. 
who plays yes. the warden in Shawshank Redemption in the first yes. opening five minutes. And that uh, this came out after Shawshank. Yeah. And so this... They're using his, like, star status to kind of trick you. Yeah, and it's and I, I thought it was a good trick. I thought it was a really good trick because I thought mm. I saw him and I immediately wrote... Uh, I wrote down Bob Gunton, parentheses, Shawshank Warden equals villain, parentheses, ha, nope, because <laughs> he's not the main yeah. villain. He, he is he is not the main villain in this story, and it does do a, a little trick. But I mm. wonder about the same thing about the marketing. Is this is it showing Christian Slater yeah. and fighting John Travolta, um, uh, Samantha Mathis uh, tag teaming and John Travolta being the bad guy in the commercials? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know either. But uh, should, we, should we look up a trailer and see for ourselves? Uh, yeah, we'll look that up in a, in a little bit. Okay. Cool. Um, I just want to. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> we are bumping this table a yes, lot. Yes, this is not good. Um, but yes, we switch venues, folks. Yeah, uh, we, we are no longer recording in my apartment. We are recording in a much bigger upgrade, uh, with a lot more uh, perks. Jeff, would you like to announce where we have upgraded to? We've upgraded to my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, big change. Big change. Uh, no, I just had more roommates move in, so yeah. it's harder to keep but quiet. It's all good. It's but all um, good. yeah, I'll, I'm going to rewind a little bit. Yes. We'll bring up that trailer when we get back into the plot. Okay. I just want to finish with the context of yeah. where Travolta's at. And this, this his role in this, he gets top billing. He does. He does get top billing. But his role in this is something that only, like, an A-list movie star would get or take. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's a prominent bad guy in a movie from a reasonably respected director. Yeah, he's uh, he's on the up and up. Yeah. He's done one movie beforehand that got a lot of major U.S. props. And this is a star vehicle. Um, Yes. This movie only... This is one of those, like, 90s action movies that only makes money because it has two stars in it. And you want to see them in this movie facing off or teaming up. Yeah, yeah. And so he gets the offer, you know, off of Pulp Fiction and Get Shorty. He does it. And this is another smart career choice for him. It is. He's popping up in a variety of different genres, showing his range, showing that he's not not afraid to go really far out there. Did you watch this and think this is the clear predecessor to Face Off? Same director, same same bad guy-esque, like, role. And this is, I think, a clear predecessor of what Travolta's career is kind of nowadays. Uh This is the first time he does, like, a tried-and-true action movie. Mm -hmm. Um, He shows his props for it. I think he performs really well in this uh, in terms of doing the action, selling the action, selling the the character. Yeah. Um, And he kind of makes himself an action guy after this. And eventually that comes around to bite him in the ass. Yeah. Which we'll talk about. Well, and and also, like, it helps that, you know, this movie has a lot of faults in it, 100%. It is a very much turn-your-brain-off, eye-candy action movie. But it's fun and well-made. It's It's fun, well-made, and his villain arc is well-written, too. uh, Let me me back up. He performs it well. He performs it well, and there's opportunities for him to perform it well. It is a totally acceptable character. Yeah. That he performs well and makes interesting. Like, his motivation being bad, a little thin. Yes. You know, there's not too much depth as to where he's coming from. But in terms of the twist and turns yes. and his motive and his strategies, there's a lot of moments there for him to he, sell he's it really well. He's having fun and selling well. him. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah What yeah. he's doing is similar to the Mission Impossible 3, Philip Seymour Hoffman character. Yes, that's a where good... Where that is... Among the most basically written villains yeah. of a movie. Do we know why he's doing what he's doing? Like Don't what know. his childhood was like? like? Rabbit's foot. He's, yeah. His character is so written like stock. Yeah. 
Philip Seymour Hoffman just plays that so well, yeah. and it's why everyone loves him in that movie. I agree. He turns a stock character and just makes them interesting with a good performance. Yeah. Which is what Travolta's doing here. This is a stock character yeah. who Travolta is bringing a lot, he's popping into, he's having fun with it. Mm-hmm. He is obviously dialed into his character, to the performance, and to the, what the movie's trying to do, which is just give you a good time. Yeah. And he is there for it. Very well said. Yeah. And who shepherded him into this? But John Woo, the director John of this movie. Woo. John Woo, who was a who was an action director in Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, prior to coming to America, which he started with the film Hard Target, which is a John Claude Van Damme vehicle. That was his U.S. takeoff film, right? That was his first U.S. film. Yeah. Um, it was a. Uh, it did it did okay, um, but it just proved that he could work in the American you know, industry. Yeah. He got this immediately afterward. Um, this movie didn't do so. It did okay, mm-hmm. but it, you know, proved his like bona fides, bona fides, however you say that word. <laughs> this is the <laughs> second episode where we're questioning how to say it. <laughs> yes, and we're and we are going to keep uh, keep questioning that. But uh, between Hard Target and Broken Arrow, movies that did okay, they made their budgets back. They made a tidy little profit for the studio. Yeah, and this is the movie that almost propels him into like mega action director stardom. It's not until his next movie, Trollta, that it really pops off. Oh, man. And we're going to talk a lot about that once. You know, Um, there's a little bit of a... Stuart and I are going to have a face-off. We are going to have a face-off. There's a little bit of a face-off in that movie, both in the star sense and in the literal sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, John Woo, um, a very interesting director who is very distinctive. Yeah. And it, it is the difference along with Travolta's finding his place of being dialed in. This is what separates this movie from some of the action movies that we'll talk about in the future is that there's a director with a very like clear authorial voice in this movie. Mm-hmm. John Woo has a style. Yeah. He's doing that style. Yeah. And he has a point and a take on everything. Yeah. Even when it's over the top, even when it's a little goofy, maybe it's not even something I like. I at least appreciate that there is a guy who made that choice. And yeah. feels about that choice. And the technical craftsmanship of his movies are very well done. Like, there's a lot of slow-mo in this movie. Yeah. There's a very funny shot where it's, like, a sl- John Travolta's face smiling and he slow-mos. And then it cuts to hit the window and he flicks the cigarette out in slow-mo. No point to it. Like, probably didn't need it. But at the same time, I'm just like, John Woo believed we needed that. He cared about that. And if he wanted that, Sure. It, it works. It seems it's fine. very it's much like if he was arguing with a producer about these things, it'd be like, why do we need the, this in there? And he's, he's like, like it, looks, it looks good. It's going to work in the movie. Right. It. There's a story about like um, Bong Joon-ho, who I think it was, it was, it was one of his American films. So mm. I want to say it was Snowpiercer, but he was arguing with a producer about one of the scenes and he went on this long spiel about why it was so important. And then in the press junket, he's like, so why did you include that scene? He's like, I just really wanted it in there. Yeah. <laughs> There's no point. Yeah. If I just really wanted it in a there. A director has the vision. He's like, yeah, it's going to look cool and we're going to, we're going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, any much, uh, pretext to this film no that, that's pretty much all the pretext it's the combination of john woo's rising stardom with uh travolta's ri- uh, re-rising stardom re-rising because christian slater is in his rising oh yeah and christian slater is um he's established at this point uh he hasn't really he's had roles that have obviously like been successful been big but he's like just kind of a guy who's popping around he's not like i would consider him like high b-list maybe he hasn't had like the role that's been like 
yeah, Christian Slater is in every movie. What? But he's in nothing now. Has he quit acting? No, he's been in... He's uh, Nowadays. No, he's still in things nowadays. He's in uh, some TV show. No, he, yeah, he's in Mr. Robot. That huh. uh, that Rami Malek show. I don't watch Mr. Robot. I've never seen it, but... At this at this point, for Broken Arrow, he's popping up in a lot of things, like, you know, Robin Hood and others. He has a cameo in Star Trek Six, which is very weird. <laughs> I remember seeing that and questioning why he was there. Yeah. Um, but he's a, he's pop he's an interview with the vampire. Was he in one of the screen movies? Uh, he might. Am have I been? making that up? He might have been in one of the screen one of the movies. four screen movies. I have not seen any of the screen movies. I gotta confess. Um, <laughs> but he might be in one of them. The first one's pretty good. Yeah, you I've, gotta give the first uh, one a chance for its it's, art, West, art. it's Wes Craven, so I yeah, I'm yeah. very interested. Yeah, it's pretty good. But Krishner is a pr- he's a proven at, uh, quantity in Hollywood. He'll bring he'll bring some money they, to it. Yeah, they know what they're gonna get out of him. He's like well known enough that he can anchor a movie, if not yeah. like anchor a movie right he's not going to get you the 200 million dollar opening weekend or something he'll get you or he'll he'll make back your budget he's a good counterbalance once you bring john travolta yeah. who is no longer the heartthrob yeah. and now, i would say slater is still kind of in the heartthrob yeah. genre of his slater career. has enough of a heartthrob to countermatch travolta's like a-list stardom and villainous in this movie yeah right and then they just fucking throw in bob gunton into this movie. <laughs> like did, did that throwing... not seem like like in the first five minutes you see him he's like oh he's gonna be a big villain role and then the rest of the movie sorry <laughs> he just, sits in a car he sits in a car and complains <laughs> he's literally and then spoiler he dies bob, and, like bob gunton in this movie is your dad on a road trip <laughs> <laughs> he uh he starts out very animated, thinking you're gonna be a big shot, and then he sits in a car and complains. He, he has like a moment at the beginning where it's almost like sets down the tone of how much of a villain he's gonna be. Because I don't know to get started in this one scene. We'll back up yeah. later, but like, um, there's a fake park ranger who sees some campers yeah. and murders them right away. Bad guys, like that, just gets across how cold blooded these guys are. Um, cut to a later scene where they're like disposing the bodies and yeah. Bob Gunton and the rest of the gang show up and Bob Gunton looks and sees a body in the fire and he says like get that guy he's like oh god <laughs> well it's just kind of like I didn't read as much as like a, a weak stomach like <laughs> t- in out of his depth villain yeah. yet yet not, later it not does 100%. but no. at that moment it no. seems like oh like maybe he's just like that kind of villain yeah. you know but then once you look back on it then it you look funny. back on it it's he's like, like he's just like a weak stomach it's never dad. even explained what like he does in this movie or what he's doing yeah he's the charles is just like he gave me the money to pull this <laughs> to pull this off so i could make him and his friends money it's not explained is he with the mob is he like with another foreign government is he just a rich guy it's never established and i kind of love that this movie is not concerned with giving you like no the understanding about why these things are happening because it knows as well as us in the audience do who cares we're not here to (laughs) we're not here to understand why bob gunton wants the nukes we're here to watch travolta and christian slater face off we're not here to understand why a nuke going off underground is okay yeah, we're here to just watch it happen because it looks cool. Heads up. It's not. I, yes. I wrote that down. I wrote down, this is later in the movie, but like a nuke does go off underground in the mine. And I wrote down, side note, pretty sure a nuke going off underground would still be, and I underline this part, 
pretty fucking bad. <laughs> pretty disastrous. <laughs> In this movie, it's like, oh, thank God it went off underground. Yeah. It's like, huh? no issues with that. Huh. No radiation. A crater form. <laughs> um, should we go from the very beginning then? Yeah, let's start off because it, it starts really high up above a boxing ring. Yes. And we're down on Travolta playing Vic Deke Deacons. Vic uh, Deacons. Yeah, who we can just call Deke. Deke? Yeah. They do call him Deke. Yeah, they call him Deke. Yeah. Big Deke energy. (laughs) (laughs) He's got big Deke energy. And then... um, Oh, God. There's a... And then Slater is playing Captain Riley Hale. Riley Hale. What the fuck? Who we can just call Hale. Yeah. I love love the names in this movie. Vic Vic Deacons Deacons and Riley Riley Hale. Hale. Uh, they don't write them like they used to. <laughs> uh, so it, it's a it's a boxing match. Yeah, they're they're partners in the air force. They fly a stealth bomber together. Yeah, they're airmen, and um, they're in a boxing match. And a clear thing that John Woo wants you to know is John Travolta is whooping this guy's yes. ass. Travolta is just like, wiping the floor it's with all him. the time he spent with Stallone. He understands how uh, how to box. But he's he's no do- don't don't yeah. go there. Yeah, yeah, no. oh. He's um, but you know it's Wait, Jeff. Yeah, is Jack Nicholson's just gonna hang out there for a while? Yeah, that if you folks heard that door open, that was Jackie came back in. Uh, How you doing, guys? Hey, hey Jack, can I'm you gonna, please? Hey, I'm gonna hang out. In no, Jack. Here. Hey, we're in the middle of recording. This can't happen for the rest of this era, man. Okay, so all right. Jack just left. Again. Thank you, you, Jack. I can't. You you were so mean to him, right well, there. Well, listen, I admire him being around, but we yeah. got a fucking podcast Academy, to record. Three we give a, him a two week notice three, of these things. Three time Academy we Award give him winner a Jack two, Nicholson just walked in on our recording. We give him a two week notice that these are going to happen on these days and yeah. times. Yeah, he showed up a little late. <laughs> Is this really going to happen every time? No, you you brought it up this time. Um, you pointed him out. I was content to just let him stand there. All right, so he's an actor known for his ability to be subtle. <laughs> he's known for never losing his cool. <laughs> okay, so they're boxing. Yes, they're boxing. John Travolta wipes the floor with him, uh, and that's where they instill well, this like money bet thing on when yeah. they beat each other. They each owe each other twenty dollars, and a big thing is that Travolta's talking about how you win at boxing. He's like, you know, it's about the fake outs. It's the rope. Rope-a-dope? Yeah, the rope-a-dope. The rope-a-dope from Molly and Frazier. Foreman. 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 And which is that you make them think, you convince your opponent what you're going to do, and then you do the opposite. Right. Like, you get ready to punch with your right hand, but then you uppercut with the left. Right. And they're re- they're preparing to block your right hook, but you hit him with the left. Yeah. And it sets up Travolta's, like, kind of modus operandi in this movie, is that he's... Modus operandi? Yeah, his M.O. M.O. Big words yeah. are being said here, folks. But it, it, set, it sets up his M.O. <laughs> that, you know, he's always striking with the left when you think he's coming from the right. Yeah, right, right. It sets up his turn. It sets up a lot of the choices he makes in this movie. Yeah. Uh, which are, there are choices made in this movie. And, and uh, uh, it's at this point when I'm, like, thinking, okay, maybe he's, like, a mentor, brotherly figure yeah. to Slater. Like, he's sort of tr- training yeah. him and teaching him his ways. And, and that that's kind of... it. It's established in the next scene where they're called to meet with their like 
commanding officer. And he's smoking a cigarette. And yes. he's like, are you going to smoke a cigarette? And then that's immediately when I found out, oh, John Travolta's the Qui-Gon Jinn of this movie. Yeah. Travolta's the... <laughs> yes, he's, yeah, they would have put you on the council if you'd uh, not done in your mouth. But, um... Yeah, he's uh he's this is a, before he's, the scene that we're gonna get to later. He's the same rank as Slater, even though he's older than him, and it's because he has like a disre- Jack. I'm I'm telling you, you gotta go, you gotta go. Jack Nicholson, come on, I'm man. Just, I'm just trying. Oh right. my gosh, Jack, Jack. Thank you, just, thank you, thank Jack. You, thank you. Okay. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, that was definitely Jack Nicholson opening that door. It's it's really weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, it's established that you know they're the same rank, but uh. Travolta's older, and because his like disregard for authority, he's never been promoted. He's never been able to move up, even though due to his skill, he should be higher. So he's got a little bit of a grudge against like the structure of the military that he's in. He's against the patriarchy. Um, yes, <laughs> I, would, I would say as a guy who's very much a part of the patriarchy, as John Travolta is, he's a little more opposed to the uh, the systems of the military. Yeah, I yeah. mean, um, yes, he's a, he's I a, have a lot of family members in the military who would probably sympathize with John yes. Travolta's. And that because they he, wouldn't steal two nukes, but yes, and well, actually, wait, let me think about that for a second. No, no, none of them yeah. would steal two nukes. <laughs> I'm glad, glad to know. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's he he has a, a I'm trying to think of he has a something on his shoulder, chip on his shoulder. That's the phrase. I just had like a brain uh, fart. Yeah. He has a chip on his shoulder against, you know, his commanding officers and the military for never giving him his due, even though he's committed like 20 years of service to them. Yeah. He doesn't feel the reciprocation there. And like as much as in depth as Jeff and I are going into this like premeditated backstory, which is going to lead to his yeah. villainous thing, the movie doesn't treat it with this much care. Yes. Like it's kind of like just like throwing little bits and pieces yeah. for you to understand enough to buy him as a villain. But that's exactly what separates, you know, a bad action movie from this, which I would consider a solid seven out of 10 action movie. And yeah. I don't mean that as a bad thing. I would say seven and a half. I, I, I actually, re- I yeah, had some moments I rather where I really this. like it. I think the seven out of 10 action movie is underappreciated. It's yeah. like something you can really enjoy, has just enough meat on it that you can chew on it for a little bit. Where would you put but Independence Day? Independence Day. <laughs> oh, yeah, we are recording this the day after the Fourth of July. Uh, Independence Day is a perfect movie. I will hear no slight against it. Um, uh, but... All right, case closed. Moving on. Yeah, uh, Independence Day rules. But um, like I was saying, what separates this from like uh, like the seven out of ten action movie, which is to me just like a very a well-crafted entertaining movie yeah i'm trying to think of From, comparatives it's about it's not about the script like the script is almost always like you know cookie cutter it's like a four out of ten script that <laughs> a good director and a good cast elevate the material understand like the quirks of the script and make it a good script I'm trying to think of comparatives because um, um, i know what you're saying but john like, wick John Wick is the ultimate comparison. Oh, yeah. John Wick, as a script, is just dude's dog dies. He goes after range. It's like, it's totally competent. It has all of the, it has all the beats. It's of like a perfectly adequate three-act structure, a script that Hollywood would be like, yes, this is how you write a script. But it's the direction and the added flair Mm. of of Keanu Reeves. The script is like, it's like the concrete. It's like totally acceptable concrete. Yeah. It's a good but foundation. It, but it gives the foundation for them to build something really cool on. As opposed to like a really sloppy script 
which is cracked concrete, your building might collapse if you build it on top of it. Which are the sequels. Yes. <laughs> I mean, well, the like, John Wick sequels are great. This John Wick sequel... <laughs> John Wick 2 is the best one. I, I, I disagree, only in the sense that I agree very much with what you said on the um, first one, mm-hmm. that it's very much, it is a cookie-cutter action movie script that's given flair with its direction and cast. Mm. I felt like it, it almost did way better for its own good. Mm. John, this, John Wick it, was an unexpected smash hit. One second. I'm just going to adjust levels real quick because you're doing a phenomenal job talking to the mic, okay. which I normally compensate okay. for. Right. Anyway, so, you don't need to clap or sink. Okay. It's fine. So John Wick. Um, well, what about the 90s, though? Yeah, um, 90s this is, is a perfect era for these yes. movies. This is your movies like, um, you know... Air Force One, The yes. Fugitive, yes, Clear and Present Danger. I'm just listing Harrison Ford movies, but <laughs> you are <laughs> all like you know your '90s action movies where the scripts are totally adequate. They're the, like you know competent three act structures, a few good lines scattered throughout, but they give a good director and a good actor enough meat to chew on that makes some the iconic action movies of this era. Yeah, and I think Broken Arrow, while not an iconic action movie of the era, I don't think it fits. I don't think it's that. I think it has all those hallmarks that make it such an entertaining movie and like a perfect yeah. seven out of ten, seven out of ten, like entertaining time at the movies. I would say this was fairly easy to sit through yes. and watch. It this wasn't was, like painful. Yeah, I sat through this with no problems. I had a great time watching it. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, all right, some empty calories, but good time, competently made, great cast. Yeah. And that's, you know, how I think about these movies. So they're being sent on a mission yes. uh, to fly these B-3 bombers that are um, armed with two nuclear warheads. Yes, they're transporting them. And it's also like this, a test. This mission they're given is a little bit obscure. A little dodgy. A little dodgy. Yes. Because it's, like, it's just like, yeah, we're just going to move two nuclear warheads across. By the way, when we get into the crash and all that stuff, there's yeah. a story I want to tell you about, but we'll get to yeah. that later. But um, it's, also a, it's also like a trial test for this new bomber. Because mm. uh, it's a stealth bomber, yeah. And Delroy Lindo, the king, is uh, in the like control room, and he's going to try and detect their plane and see if he can locate it, right? While they're doing this, yeah. Um, so they, you know, they head up with Delroy Lindo, who's you yeah. paid more attention to this mission scene than I did. Yeah, uh, I just like Delroy Lindo. <laughs> to me, it was actor. just like we got to get you guys on a plane transporting yeah. these two nukes, and, and I exa- didn't. Read and that's exactly more. what the the point of the scene is. Yeah, it's just like set it. But hearing you explain it a little bit better makes yeah. me kind of fall into it yeah. more. So, so the uh, they they go on the mission, and they take off. Well, and there there's some there's a um a predecessing scenes with the villains that mm-hmm. happen inter interspliced between these. So that's yes. the first one with the there's a park ranger who shows up in the middle of the canyon. You see some hikers, and, and you think, oh, it's like, hey, you guys can't have a fire out here. It's kind of brutal. He murders these two. Uh, well, and he's like, what's the fine for this sort of thing? And he pulls out a pistol pretty steep yeah. and murders them both <laughs> in cold blood. <laughs> pretty steep. <laughs> I uh, remember that line. <laughs> it's a good line. The two dudes get, uh, the, the um, dude and his wife get dead. Yeah. And, like, there's it's it's a bloody movie yeah. too there's it's not a lot of gory, go- a lot of squibs but there's a nice there's a, a, lot a, squibs. a lot of squibs i love some squibs yeah um but then uh the armed humvee like shows up and then that's when bob gunton comes out yes. this is the false ploy that he's gonna yeah. be the and big he's bad like, oh, villain move that body because what, what this 1994 was shawshank right so yeah. two years prior you had seen him being this yeah. great 
Academy-worthy villain. Yes. Um, in Shawshank, so you think, oh, this guy, yeah. he's gonna be, and then it's he's not, he's yeah. not, which we already talked about, yeah. but um, but it's a good, it's a good fake out. It is a great fake out. Um, but he, you know, they're he they're and, in the plane. He and his little band of merry, uh, merry terrorists. Are, yeah, they're getting the, ready to pull something. Yeah, in this, in this national park, the Glen Canyon National Park in Utah and Arizona. It's not the Grand Canyon. No, it is really? the Glen Canyon. I've been here actually. Real? Yes. I've been to the Grand Canyon, but I, I, I've I've been to a few places that they actually shot this movie. I did not realize. I was like, oh, I've been there. Really? Yeah. Huh. But it's the Glen Canyon's like literally the border of Utah and Arizona. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. Like you know, Lake Powell, Horseshoe Curve, all of those things. Movie wise, it's just to be said is the yes. the desert Southwest. Yes, it's just a big old desert that John Woo can have fun with. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I believe the next scene is they're in the bomber. Yeah, they get in the bomber. And they're flying, and there's l- some talks about John Travolta's thing about him being a rule breaker. Yeah. Th- again, this is when I'm like the Qui-Gon Jinn yeah. thing, where I'm like, oh, he's a rule breaker. And yeah. the night my thought is he's totally going to die, yeah. and Christian Slater's going to have to, like, you know, I thought he's going to die in this movie, but not as a bad guy, but yeah. as a good guy. Like halfway through, he'd sacrifice himself yeah, and, like, prove his worth. something like that. I was, I was gearing up for that movie. And no, they and, they go off the grid. They go off the grid. Uh, Del Orlando is like, I can't find him. The thing works. And then once they're off the grid, Charles is just like, Hey, look out your window. He's like, yeah, look out your window. And then he punches Christian he Slater. He punches Christian Slater, pulls out a gun, and yeah. the two start a brawl in the it, cockpit yeah. of this bomber. And then he ejects Christian Slater out. He, very knocks, smart move. He knocks him out and ejects him out with the ejector seat. Yep. And so then he's trying to fly yeah. uh, the bomber, but it's a little out of control. And then he's getting to crash land it. And then that's when the bad guys are setting up their base yeah. cam. They got their spotlights. They're trying to signal down. Yeah. Um, one nuke then gets ejected. They drop both the nukes. They drop both the nukes. Okay, so this story. Did you know? And... Um, we may have a special guest in the next episode who can, like, verify the story. Adam, if you know the story, just hit me up here. So, anyway, there, that's Jack Nicholson, by the way, not Adam. But, yeah. um, so, there was an actual, um, it wasn't a test. They were just simply transporting a nuke um, over um, the East Coast. Yes. This is from, I'm like, aware of the, I actually know this. You know the story? So, this is the story where they dropped, accidentally dropped a nuke in South Carolina and the only reason why it didn't go off because it wasn't armed, but it was one button away from yeah. being armed. And I remember, like, there are people who talk about that story, like, yeah, if one button had been pushed, the entire East Coast would have been lost. It would have been a disaster. Yeah. They paid, the U.S. Air Force paid the family so much money. The family? Oh, it landed on a family's farm. <laughs> oh. But it didn't go off. <laughs> but a nuke landed in their property. Yeah. Uh, they got a lot of money from the government for that. But yeah, one button and we would have lost the East Coast. Yes. Real story that happened, folks. Google it. Yeah. Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow. Does the same thing, except John Troll's doing it intentionally. He's doing it intentionally. he's dropping these bombs for them, human Them boys. to pick up. Yeah. Um, but the plane crashes. And that's when I wrote down, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, Delroy Lindo detects the plane because it's like swerving and getting ready to clash. And he's like, oh, I found them, those sons of bitches. <laughs> well, <laughs> Meanwhile, Troll just like. <laughs> and that's when John Travolta goes over the radio and says, it's hail, sir. He's lost it. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's a yeah. fake out. That's like they think Hale's the bad guy. Yeah. Um, um, but again, tr- smart bad guy moves yes. in this movie. Troll makes a lot of smart bad guy moves. He, 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 I mean, it's written pretty smart yeah. for the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and he just pulls him off really well. He, he ejects himself out. Yes. Um, 
And then we cut to Washington, D.C. There's a White House conference. Yes. And you know who walked? And it's a like joint chief of staff and like generals yeah. and stuff like that. It's not really like that yeah. important, but you know who's in the scene. I thought I wrote it down because I think I know who you're talking about. Um, oh. There's like the young upshot like in the the military. Yeah. Who walks in? The ROTC lieutenant yeah, from the, Yale. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who police him? What's his name? I don't. I know who he is. I just don't. From Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Look at the uh, the mouth on Brett. Um, I what? forget what the actual line is. I don't remember this bit. Uh, no, it's the the guy from Pulp Fiction who Sam Jackson points the gun at in the opening. Oh yeah, who eats the, who's eating the big Kahuna burger? And he's like, "What? <laughs> yeah, it's a guy. Say the, one again. It's the what guy? English uh, motherfucker. Do you speak it? Yes. Uh, yeah. That's who this ROTC lieutenant from Yale is. Um, good to see him again but he he immediately like kind of sees that there's something fishy going on yeah. and he's like uh send me out there yeah and they're they're trying to decide like how what what optics do they yeah. put out <laughs> what optics what optics do they put out for this and they're thinking well uh it was just a weapons test or whatever and he's like i don't know guys like yeah. there's some lawn chair guys that look for these things and they're if they know, know they're gonna know like, the best thing to do is the truth and all the generals laugh because like <laughs> yeah. the government can't be they're truthful. like what who brought you into this <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he, he senses something shady's going on. Um, again, what's the actor's name again? Frank Wally. Frank, Frank Wally. Whaley. Whaley, Wally. Whaley or Wally. I'm, I'm going to call Whaley. him Wally. You, you say, say Wally, I'll say Whaley. Okay, cool. Um, so Wally then goes out to, um, the crash site. Yes, he goes out to the crash site. And he's talking with, and um, there's a recovery team there. Yeah, there's a recovery team. Um, it's at this point when Slater wakes up in the desert. Yeah, and he's immediately arrested by a park ranger. Yeah, played by Samantha Mathis. Yes, who is very charming in this. Very charming, but uh, was she in any? Like, what did she do? Like well, Samantha Mathis? Let me check. I don't. Um, was she big before this, and did she do anything after this? Because I want to say this might have been like maybe not her biggest. She role. is actually the vice president of SAG-AFTRA. Oh. Like nowadays, um, at the time that she did Broken Arrow, it looks like she was just like popping up in a lot of tv shows yeah. and a lot of like mo- like small movie roles mm-hmm. uh this is i don't want to say this is her first big role oh yeah. no she she's princess daisy in the live action super mario brothers she's oh, also in the 1994 little women okay so like three ish movies kind of yes. she she she'd popped up in a lot of stuff prior to this but she was never like you know the lead action yeah. person and she's a good park ranger yes this is the classic, like, fish out of water yes. and all that Kapu stuff. Kapu actually plays by the rules. <laughs> Kapu actually plays by the rules. Except it's a park ranger. Except it's a park ranger. Who's out of her depth. And she's armed with a gun. Yes. and so Park she, rangers have guns, by the way. She tries to arrest Christian Slater. She's like, what are you doing here? And eventually he, like, wins her over by pointing a gun at her and saying, if I wanted you dead, I would shoot you. Yeah, because he takes her gun. And he's Which like, I don't have it loaded. <laughs> he's like, I don't have it loaded. And he's like, oh. And then she gets the upper hand. And then he gets the upper hand again because then she gets the upper hand and points a gun at him and says, you said it wasn't loaded. And then she fires it yeah. in the air. It's like, I lied. <laughs> uh, you know, good bit. And then he overpowers her again. And now he has the gun and they both know it's and loaded. her name's Terry. Terry. Um, um, and that's when he says, we both know this gun's loaded and I could kill you. Yeah. And then he gives it back to her as a sign of good faith. And she, they, they have a sense of trust. So they go back to her car. That's when I write down, they join forces? Yeah, they join forces. <laughs> Park Ranger and Air Force pilot. And Air Force pilot. But they, they head back to her car mm-hmm. and then uh, immediately Slater, like, uh, Hale detects something. Because uh, earlier, Terry had, like, radioed in that she saw a parachute coming down. And right. so our terrorist friends 
who are now linked up with John Travolta. Yeah, John Travolta found them fast. He found them very fast. There's a very funny slow-mo shot of him emerging over a, like... <laughs> One a, of the rocks. Over a rock in slow-mo, and he, like, pulls a cigarette out of his mouth in slow-mo, and he says, like, what about me, or something like that. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> does he already change in this, or does he change later? He changes later. He, he, cha- wa- he comes over in his Air Force. He's like, I ain't got time for this Air Force camo yes. shit. He changes into, like, the turtleneck sweater <laughs> costume, which works, <laughs> yes. right? I he, mean, it works. He rocks it. He rocks it. Absolutely rocks it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's linked up with them, and he's like, sends a helicopter to go find this park ranger who maybe saw Hale because he's like Hale might be alive the helicopter shows up and it blows up Terry's car yeah Uh, Hale and Terry like retreat into a canyon the Glen Canyon titular to Glen Canyon National Park great the titular Glen Canyon great Um, thank you they go into it and the helicopter's like and they're they're hiding out and they that. have some pretty big firepower, these terrorists yeah. do. I mean, <laughs> and, whoever financed all this well, stuff. Well, Bob, whatever his name is. Financed. Bob Guntworth. Bob Guntworth. <laughs> Bob Gunton, not whatever Guntworth. His, whatever his job is, he financed them. Yeah, he got them choppers. He got them Humvees. He got them, like, machine guns. Like, he really, you know. He got them Sean Tube. <laughs> you know, imagine what he could do with all this fundraising skills for, like, a children's hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Probably a lot. Yeah. Probably a um, lot, you know. But, but yeah. he wants to buy two nukes. Yes, he wants to buy. Well, he wants to ransom two nukes and sell them back to the U.S. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's pointing a gun, uh, and Hale can't get a shot. And he's like, I just need the helicopter to stand still. So oh, Terry, yeah. So Terry's like, okay. So she runs up she right in the line of fire. She runs up to the helicopter. And is like, she's like, don't she's like, shoot. She's like, I don't know where he is. I'm just a park ranger. And the helicopter pilot hesitates just enough that Hale points the gun, gets a shot. Shoots through the, the cockpit of yeah. the helicopter, the, kills the pilot. Who like explodes in a thing of blood. The helicopter <laughs> swerves down and explodes. There's a lot of exploding helicopters in this movie. At least three or four explodes. A satisfying amount. Yes, the correct <laughs> amount. <laughs> if every movie could have this many helicopters explode. If you're Michael Bay and you're seeing how many helicopter explosions can I fit in a one movie, watch Broken Arrow, bitch. I don't even think Michael. I think every movie. Like I'm saying like halfway through Little Women, we should have seen three helicopters go down. <laughs> Like, it, 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 uh, it, in the English patient, yeah. <laughs> there should have been three, and in Schindler's List, yeah, Schindler's List, there should have been three helicopters. Go. Every one, every movie should have three, like at least three helicopters that in go down. Braveheart, yeah. there should have been three. Heli- <laughs> uh, and we need more helicopter crashes in movies, is what I'm saying. Hundred percent, I agree. I uh, do not disagree with you on this point. And it's the '90s, so it's all models, yeah, and actual models that someone spent a lot of time building so that they could immediately explode it. Great stuff. Which I love. Great stuff. These helicopters' explosions look great. Um, so it's at this point when they're, the military search party mm-hmm. has found both nukes. They, they fi- find both nukes yeah. before the terrorists do. Well, they find one of the nukes um, because like they have the radiology scanning stuff, which right. the terrorists don't. And so mm. they're kind of they're letting the military get to them. Oh yeah, because um, they have. They find one. They send a few more guys ahead because they have another traitor. Yeah. There's and another, but but there's another guy they buy it all off. Yes. It's not just John Travolta. Yes. There's another guy in the military who he knew he would be in the search party. Yeah. It's how it's uh, Howie Long is Master Sergeant Kelly. Right. Yeah. Howie Long. Um, but who, the who, I think did most of his own stunts in this movie. Yeah. He apparently the the studio liked him and they actually put him in more of the movie than he was written for. Yeah. Um. But you know he's he get they find the nukes and then a terrorist starts shooting at them. They return fire and they actually kill the terrorist. But then Master Sergeant, whatever his name is, Howie Long, pulls a gun and shoots all of his compatriots. Yeah, grabs uh, a like the microphone that's like transmitting to 
Washington is like, ah, no, the core is the open. The core is open. Ah, ah. radiation. Ah. <clears throat> and then he like unplugs the thing. Yeah. And so now the military can't send any more dudes in. Because they think they got an open core and leaking radiation, which would be dangerous for any search party to come by. Yes. Which I, is... I just realized I haven't been looking at my notebook because I've just been winging it. Well, but I, we I, have I, been I bouncing have... around a little bit because I think that actually happens later. Um, but for the most part, we're kind of on track because, yes, they kill the military search party. Yeah. They secure all the nukes. Mm. And uh, which apparently, like, this terrorist group can hack and jam military comms so yeah. easily so easily mm. like i mean kudos to them bob gun bob gutton really went to town on the technology <laughs> that they were going to bring to this so much so that they can not only hack into and monitor what the military is saying but then they can jam it too yeah it's good stuff. i'm just saying man well, it's I, th- pretty cool. I think it's less than it's more just like that they have the uh the military stuff because they uh, take it from all those dead dudes yeah well no. so it's at this point we get a more comprehensive thought of the, what the plan is with Travolta and yeah. company <laughs> and he, he gives a little monologue to what, uh bob Gunworth. Well, it, well this is when they're talking about like the the whole plan which is yeah. they're going to take the news they're going to ransom them and then sell them back but tron travolta yeah has some ulterior motives yes he wants to get back at the military. Yeah, he's um, more trigger ha- trigger happy. Yeah, so the, the the plan is they're going to steal these two nukes, hide them in a radiology department of a hospital so that they can't detect the nuke, the radiation. And maybe I'm just a dumb human being, but a lot of the decisions they're making with the whole, like, calling off the whole, like, radiation open thing yeah. to the hiding one in a radiology department of a hospital all seem pretty... Like, like I'm saying, it's a script that maybe it's not great, but it, it doesn't have holes in it. So there's nothing like, there's no hole for John Woo or the actors to fall down. It's a solid surface to build on. I just thought of another one that's like this. Would you say The Rock, Nicolas Cage, and... Um, I have a confession. Sean I've never Connor. seen The Rock. Really? I've never seen The it's Rock. A good, it's one of my I've heard base. really good things. It's a good one. Yeah. You should have watched it. It's a, I, it's a I, good 7 I am, out of 10. I am a defender of Michael Bay, and I've never seen The Rock. It's Inex- a good, inexplicably. It's a <laughs> inexplicably. It's a good example of what we're talking about yeah. here. It's a great one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um... Geraldine gives this little monologue because at that point they know that Hale is still alive because the helicopter explodes. <laughs> um, yeah. As we know and love. Uh, and Geraldine gives this little like monologue where he's like, this is now a military operation. And he's like going up to like Bob Gunn. Oh, yeah, because Bob is like, he's you like, don't have this he's under like, control. I, I plan and flew over 100 missions in the Gulf. This is battle. This is a highly fluid situation. You plan your contingencies. You keep your initiative. But I, you never share command. It's never a good idea. I will deliver the weapons to the destination. <laughs> Jeff, you read that. I did just read that. You read that. Um, because I, I could not remember what his whole thing. But it's really, John Travolta really sells it. It's really funny as well. Yeah, he sells a lot of, he, he sells it very well in this movie. Yeah. Um, so after this like big monologue, that's when Slater and um, Mathis find the trucks. Yeah, they're, they're, she's like, yeah, they know some sketchy trucks coming. So they find some trucks um, and they jump on top of them. They from a jump on top of the front one. Yes. There's two trucks that are being transported. The front one has the nukes. The back one has Travolta and, and the guy Gunn and, and company. Travolta yes. and company. And Bob Gunton, who's just complaining the whole time. And I love this bit that yeah. gets introduced in this movie, which is when uh, when gunfire starts getting exchanged. Yeah. John cool. Travolta stops one of his instruments. Like, Can you please not fire at the nuclear weapons? <laughs> please stop <laughs> shooting at the thermonuclear weapons. <laughs> which is something that I immediately thought of yeah. when the gunfire 
started happening, I'm like, they're shooting at nukes right yeah. now. And then when John Travolta said it, yeah. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> this, this movie, pat, like I said, patches over all the holes you would like. Yeah. And like, maybe it doesn't make sense at the end of the day entirely, but the holes aren't there. Right. The holes aren't there. Yeah. And I, I wrote down things like, you know, like they're, they're doing a lot yeah. on this truck to try to like get control. I'm thinking, you know, rather than jump on it, like you don't want to like shoot the tires out or something. Well, they like, need the truck to drive away with. I guess. So. But this is this that is a. Sense. I think this is a really good action sequence. It's and very indebted to the Raiders of the Lost Ark truck sequence. Yeah. It even like pulls the same bit where he is like dragging behind it and mm-hmm. like they're trying to ram him and whatnot. But I mean, that's one of the great action sequences. You can't blame them for trying to print that. <laughs> can I say this early? What yeah. my least favorite part of this film is? What Christian Slater? Christian Slater. I just like you know every time I saw him, I and maybe because I'm biased, maybe I just love John Travolta so yeah. much now that right. I only want to see him. But I just felt I don't know what do you think? Like when I saw Christian Slater, Slater he's, he's, I just saw him and I'm like you know okay he's doing fine. he's doing the job. He's not the main like enjoyment. I like Travolta's the the like. He's he's a whole ham sandwich. It felt pretty bare he's, minimum. He's a roast ham. In it's John movie. Travolta plus his character that he's yeah. putting onto it. Christian Slater is just being Christian yeah, Slater. Just, and he's just doing his thing. He's doing the cool guy suave bit. And yeah. it's just like, you know, like, come on, man. Like, John Travolta's yeah. at least, like, doing weird smiles and laughs. Mm. And he's like... He's very funny. You know? Like, I don't he's, know. He's so funny in this. Can yeah. just say he's so funny in this? He's pretty funny. He's so over the top and so funny. Um, Yeah. So they get away. Yeah, they get away with the truck with the nukes. Yeah, he and he like tosses like a not a Molotov, but like he catches the back. He catches van. the other truck on fire. Yeah, and Troll's like, I didn't see that coming. He's good. And he like says, I owe you. Yeah, with twenty dollars, you won yeah. this round. Because <laughs> earlier when uh, he inject ejects him from the uh, pilot seat in the bomber, he's like, you won that round. So this <laughs> whole bit is like them going back and forth. It's like yeah. there are lives at stake here, gentlemen. <laughs> we do not need to worry about this twenty dollar bet, right? Uh, so they drive away, and the they, park ranger lets him know it's like, well, where can we go to hide these nukes or whatever? It's like there's a mine up ahead. Yeah, and they go to the mine, and they find a lock, a fresh lock on it, a fresh lock, and on they it. realize. Travolta was planning on coming here at the nukes anyway. Because, and and what I love, it, right, it happens right after the scene. Yeah. Because John Travolta's in the truck. They just put it out, which I guess if a truck catches on fire, all you have to do is just put it out with fire extinguishers and yeah. it'll run again. Yes. That's Whatever. how that works. Whatever. Don't care. It's fine. But they get in the truck again. They're like, okay, where are they going to go? It's like, they're going the same place we're going. How do you know? It's the only damn thing on this road. Yeah. And I was like, that, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, they're patching And like, because I know this guy and I know what he'll do. Yeah. So anyway, so they know they're at the mine. Hale and Mathis, uh, uh, Hale and Terry. Terry knows that they're coming to the mine. So they try and deactivate the nuke. Right. But oh, Travolta's God. already thought that they'll try and do that. So he's hardwired the nuke. So if you try and deactivate it, it it'll acti- activate it, it. And the timer starts. Yeah, such so a 30 oh, minute timer. Oh, my God. And then they get a phone call from John Travolta, who's just like, I knew you would do that. Well, because it's clock like a, is ticking. It's a it's a battle of wits in that phone call. He's like he calls Hale and Hale's like, I know where you guys are going. We already have the nukes. We're deactivating it now. He's like, you think you got the upper hand here, don't you? <laughs> and then he has he deactivates it, and the timer starts. It's like, I bet you tried deactivating it. Well, I already thought of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just really well done. It's so funny. Um, so. Uh, Hale's like, all right. The only thing we can do is bring the nuke really deep into the mine, 2000. next to the undetonated one, 
and detonate them both so that Travolta can't get them, and the only damage is deep underground. 2,000 feet. 2,000 feet. Um, do you know what the blast radius of a nuclear <laughs> weapon is? <laughs> a little more than 2,000 feet. A little more than 2,000 feet. There's at the very least a lot of rock blocking it. Um, Still. Yes, it would cause a little more damage than what happens in this movie. And, like, is this laying on any fault lines? <laughs> is this gonna it does cause an earthquake. It um, does, but, like, it, I don't know. I would love to watch a, um, what do you call it, a seismologist, um, mm. which studies earthquakes. And yeah. I would also love to put a seismologist and a nuclear physicist together, watch this scene, and be like, is this how that would really happen? Yeah. Just a crater? Is that yeah. all that would happen? There'd be no radiation floating out? There'd be no nothing like an, a bigger earthquake? We it just have, seems yeah. like when the nuke goes off underground... Oh, I'm not a nuclear engineer. I'm not sure. I'm just curious. Yes, I am curious as well. As like... At, I as I wrote as I said earlier in the episode, I wrote that down when the nuke goes off. I'm like, I'm pretty sure yeah. it'd been pretty fucking bad. Yeah. But uh, whatever. So, um so they send the nuke down yes. in the elevator. And then Travolta and his boys show up. They're fall, they're close behind. Yes, yeah, so they go down and the gun break gunfight breaks down in the mines. Great gunfight. Yeah, it, it's pretty much Hans Zimmer does the score for this movie. And at this moment it sounds like the it's like and I'm like, what the hell? It's like Pirates of the Caribbean. Instead of Johnny Depp ah, running around or whatever. It's Christian Slater and John, John Travolta. Oh, I'm going to shoot this. Well, this is before the first movie. Yeah, which well Hans Zimmer didn't even compose yeah, the first Claus movie. Yeah, Claude Bedelt did. Right. Um, fascinating, fascinating. Yes. Well, I mean, he's he's part of Hans. Hans Zimmer is not a person. It's right. A, it's, a, it's a company. But there's a person. Yeah, I mean, Hans, Hans Zimmer, Zimmer is a person as well, and he does <laughs> actually compose several scores. But a lot of Hans Zimmer scores are done by his, like, company. Yeah. Um, he's a human being. We, we're gonna have a guest on this uh, podcast eventually. Who has actually worked for that with them? Really? Yeah. So we can talk to him about that. Um, That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it will be. I wonder who that guest is. Uh, Not Jack Nicholson. We will be recording it very soon. Um, yeah. But um, at the same time this fight's bringing out, Trolls has sent a video to, to the president. Yeah. When did he make this video? <laughs> like when? He, was he must it? have just like brought a camera and been like, "All right, film me." Uh, but the, pres- the Joint Chiefs of Staff in the cabin are all watching. It's John Trollton. He's just like, if you try and come for me, I will detonate the nuclear device. <laughs> if you don't send the ransom, this is what will happen. Yeah. Cut to stock footage of nuclear, <laughs> footage of nuclear <laughs> of destruction happening. Oh, yeah. There's there's a moment right before this that I thought was a little lame in regards to the movie. So Trollton does do that thing where he tries to lead the government on that hail as the traitor. And the resolution that has happened as Delroy Lindo hands uh, the guy, Frank Whaley, a, a piece of paper and says, oh, yeah, the NSA intercepted a Travolta who's doing the crime, actually. And that's how that's resolved. Oh. It's like it doesn't really matter, but it's, yeah. it was a little lame. I kind of forgot partway through that the military thought it was hail. Yes. So it didn't really bother me. It anyway. wasn't that important. Yeah. So but, the, uh, the gunfight in the mine. Yes. And if Travolta does regain control of the nukes, he gets the um, undetonated. One of them. Yeah. He gets the undated one out, and then he decreases the timer on oh, the... Oh, because it was a 30-minute timer before. And he drops to 13. Yeah. So it was at 20, and he drops down to 13. He's like, that seems more right. That seems more right to me. Because he's a lunatic. Um, so he, him and the rest of his goons, because some of his yeah. goons do die in this gunfight. Um, Eventually, he gets a standoff with uh, Slater. There's a really cool scene. Um, I think it's probably during the standoff, because yeah. Slater's fighting Travolta, but he's also like got a gunfight yeah. with somebody else behind him who Mathis is fighting. Yeah. And there's a lot of John Woo, guns akimbo, slow-mo, yeah. dudes jumping. Oh, yeah. Every John Woo movie has the dudes akimbo guy jumping in slow-mo. Yeah. Mission Impossible 2 does it. Oh, my Face gosh. Off does it. And uh, there's one point where the guy, like, throws a grenade. 
uh, Christian Slater grabs it and then throws it like yeah. over and it like causes like a whole like a like a cave in basically. Yeah. Um, only like the one guy dies, but it's like Slater and Travolta are like trapped like yeah, a, on opposite a, sides of opposite wall. sides of this wall, and they have a very like. Uh, villainous like you're not so different you and i speech uh yeah um <laughs> that's except, the perfect way to say yeah. it. a not so different you and i speech. i watched a movie a few days ago where, where a guy actually said that i can't remember what though so we're, not like, we're not so, so different, different you, you and, and i <laughs> i can't remember what but he they did that i'm nothing like you was it spider-man 2 no it was not spider-man, Spider-Man 1 oh it was a fast and furious movie that's what it was which one was it hobbs and i can't remember there's nine of there's ten of those movies I, watched. I can't remember which of them it was. they go to space and one of them apparently uh, yes they do go into space in the new one uh which we like to interrupt this podcast this uh podcast brought to go you see by fast nine fast nine um support movie theaters um but Aww. that's when travolta yeah, support movie theaters they're good support movie theaters but uh travolta lays out his plan he's like i'm gonna you know get set one he's off. Like, i'm gonna i'm gonna set one off to show i'm not bluffing sell the other nuke back to the u.s and then take my money and invest it and buy 5% of Volvo. I'm going to live the rest of my life off the dividends, off of the... He's like, knowing securely that I'm partially responsible for the safest automobiles in the world. <laughs> I'm like, John! Bye, John. dude. The way he delivers the line, the safest automobiles in, the, in world. the world. John, my man. Yes. Thank he you. Killing it. He killed so, it. He's killing it. And then he leaves. Um, Slater and Matheson realize... Or Mathis. Uh, there's a river underneath. Yeah, they realize there's a river. Because they what, can't get out. Oh. And she's like, that's why the mine closed, because they hit a river. Yeah, well, so, I think it's they originally were going to try to get out through the elevator, but John Travolta intelligently drops yeah. grenades on the elevator so they can't get yeah. out. So then they're trapped in this mine. They So they escape into the river, and they make it out into the Glen Canyon, the titular Glen Canyon of Glen Canyon National Park. Uh, they make it out into the Glen Canyon. <laughs> uh, and at that point, the nuke goes off. Yeah, underground. And they're fine because they made it out. Travolta was being attacked by a military helicopter. Yeah, there was another military says, helicopter. Turn the electricity off because Bob Gunton is still in. He's still in the car. He's with still... Him. by the way bob gutton's still in this movie he's still in this car complaining Um, (laughs) he's like what the fuck are you doing and like uh, turn everything off and he's like bob gutton's freaking out because there's like chopper rope and then it's like and the nuke goes off and the emp destroys the helicopter destroys the helicopter it explodes and then causes a little earthquake and then John Travolta, what does he do? To, he kills him, but how does yeah, he kill Yeah, he him? grabs like a wrench and thro- shoves oh, he it. slams it against his neck. Up, <laughs> and then dies. And then he dies. Croaks. And then they toss him out the side of the car. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. Bob Gunton. I hope, I hope you got paid well for this movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Um, but Travolta continues on. Yeah. At that point, um, Mathis and Slater are... Escape. She has a little freak out. She's like, "We're gonna die of radiation." And Slater's like, "If no, you, if you like, you can see, see the butterflies. butterflies. And they're not dying of the radiation." That's what they say in the manual. He's like, "If you see butterflies," she's like, "That's bullshit." And he's like, "Yeah, but it's still kind of true." <laughs> <laughs> um, and so they they walk down the river that they're on, and they see a little dock, and, and they see two yeah. dudes. Yeah. And so they stand there watching. Um, Travolta shows up with his remaining like one, two guys. There's like two guys left. Yeah. Uh, Bob Gunton, R.I.P. <laughs> they board a little boat. Yeah. And they take off. Mathis is able to jump on the boat and hide. Uh, yeah. Slater does not make not it. Not part of the plan. Because he tells her, like, not to 
get involved anymore. It's like his responsibility. She's just a park ranger. But yeah. she feels an obligation at this point. So she jumps on the boat yes. and she hides. And Slater's picked up by the government. Yeah. Um, while Travolta and all of them go. And they get on a train. Uh, Slater's with the government. He's oh, with Delroy Lindo and all the boys. The train. Uh, Frank Whaley and all of them. And they're trying to figure out where is he going. And because this is when, like, you know, he says, oh, they're going to hide in a hospital at Salt Lake yeah, because Salt Lake there's City. a badge. He found a badge in the Humvee yeah. that said, like, a radiology department in Salt Lake City. And but then I love this bit then so Christian much. Slater's was like, no, no, no. This guy's been doing the, uh, the, the, rope-a-dope. the rope-a-dope the whole movie. And Delver's like, what the saying, fuck's are saying rope-a-dope? <laughs> Delver's like, so funny. But, he um, planted, yeah, he the planted the badge. To make He's me really going think. to Denver. <laughs> uh, I mean... And he's like, you guys have already shut down Salt Lake City. I'm a, What's the harm in going to Denver? I mean, props to the writer. Yes. Who is like writing this down, who is like, he planted the yeah. badge. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so they go to there. They follow the tracks to Denver in a helicopter. Milan Mathis is like on this train trying to de- deactivate the nuke. Yeah. Travolta catches her and he holds a gun to her head. And he's like, and he's oh, like, oh, this scene is weird. And he's like, turn the nuke on. No, you got to say the way he does it. It's like, um, so audience members, yeah. imagine you're Mathis in this situation yeah. and you have a gun pointed right at your head. John Travolta comes up to your ear like I am right now, and he says, "Activate the bomb." Yeah, and the the scene plays out. There's a lot of sexual tension. Very sensually. There's a lot of sexual tension because he, he like then points. He uses I mean, the gun to like move her fingers yeah. over the right buttons. It's, it's to essentially like a, a, a manipulation exploitation. Like yeah, I don't want to say like it's a rape scene, but it has like that kind of tonality of like he's abu- like exploiting her in this moment it, it just he's, it's a power trip for him it just it's the sense that it comes out of nowhere yes that like we haven't seen this side of him in the entire movie yeah. why are we seeing it now yeah. and like it it, I, it it seems a little weird to me because it, it goes on for a yes, bit. It's quite a long scene. It's, it's quite like a, a minute long or two. scene where he's just like moving her fingers with yeah. the with the pistol, making her press these yeah. buttons, and he's just being like, press the button, yeah. press the activation button. And it's yeah. just like, what the fuck is but going she, on here, uh, She says no. Eventually, yeah. And she... he opens up the side of the door to shoot her and throw her body off. But then who's there? Slater in a helicopter. Slater in a helicopter. Uh, who open fires and kills one of the dudes in there. Yeah. Slater jumps onto the train. We get a really cool train action sequence. The, the long train action sequence. Long, Travolta is so pleased to see Slater there. Like, even though he's disrupting his plan, he's like, you figured it out. He's like, I, at one point, he says, I said, God damn. <laughs> God damn, son. I said, God damn. <laughs> he is so hyped up about this. Like, he's like, oh, I met, finally, so, this guy understands me. I feel so pleased to finally, like, have the, like, an adversary. Because in the end, he is still kind of like his mentor figure. Yeah, he's still kind of friendly with him. Yeah. Um, uh, but a fight breaks out. A fight breaks out. There's a lot of bits in the fight. A lot of um, dudes die via helicopter blade. Darlin <laughs> <laughs> is like, give him my haircut. Give him my haircut. <laughs> and they pull out right next to the train. And the blades are on top of the train, chopping dudes up. <laughs> it's so funny. It's not graphic. Like, yeah. it doesn't show it. But it's it just like. one of them. It shows one of them. But it's not, like, explicitly yeah. bloody. It's like, very funny, though. It's like if, if, if they, they clearly put a dummy yeah. there and a blade chopped the dummy yeah. up. You know, it's not like a dummy full of blood and guts. Yeah. Or, you know, if a, if Tarantino did that scene, yeah. 
um, it'd be much it, more graphic. It's very than it was. funny though. They're chopping dudes up. Give him a haircut. What um, the fuck? And then Mathis is like trying to get to the nuke as his slider, uh, and she runs into Sean Tube. Who um, I had only seen previously in Iron Man as oh, Yensen. Yensen, he's I a, forgot about. He's this also bit. in The Last Airbender as Uncle Iroh. That's sadly the only two movies I've seen him in. Oh. But he's he's I only I mostly just know him as playing like calm, like like nice, like wise figures from those and, two roles. And what's he and in this? He's literally like, I'm a former Navy SEAL. <laughs> well, okay, so, you don't know some of the things I've done with my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> so what I love about this, and then Mathis kills him. Um, the so she. This, so Jensen, what's his name? Sean Tube. Sean Tube is uh, working on this nuke, yeah. and she comes up to him, and he's like dressed like a scientist. And the movie with the audience is trying to think, oh, like she's going to sneak up on the scientist guy. But Mathis gets her ass whipped. Yeah. Because this guy's like, you probably thought I was a scientist, a nerd. <laughs> I'm a I'm Navy, a Navy SEAL. SEAL. I can do things with my thumb you could not comprehend. That's an actual line. So it is like, an actual yeah. line. And then Mathis does kill him. Yeah, she, I just, she, I love that bit in the movie. She shoots him in the head. It's a know. great bit. Great bit. Very good bit. Um, so then it's just Hale and Deke left. Yes, it's the two of them in the nuke room uh, in, in a slug fight. It's a pretty good brawl. It is a good brawl. Um. It's not really much to say about it's well. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, John Gold is getting the upper hand for a while, but then eventually Hale overcomes him. They they go into a tunnel, tunnel, and uh, Del Orlando sadly dies in a helicopter crash. Uh, The U.S. helicopter explodes. Yeah. Uh, Once again, number three helicopter. Good stuff. Um, (laughs) But we're just left with uh, Deke and Hale. And, you know, they're fighting. And eventually, like, Hale gets the knowledge of like how to do the rope a dope on him, and he yeah. tricks Travolta into thinking he's gonna punch one way, and then he gets the upper hand and beats Travolta. Yeah, throws him against a wall. He grabs the detonator with like five seconds left to spare, as action movies are wont to do. Because he he activates the nuke on the train. Yes, and makes it six minutes. Yeah, and at the oh at the same time, Mathis had disconnected in, in a car from the rest of the train. Yes, so there's now a car that's ahead of the rest of the train. Yeah, and. Or she takes the actual like, engine, like the train part of it, yeah, ahead and then stops it. So now the nuke part that's like just coasting behind will crash into that. Right. Uh, so it's coasting along. Slater sees this. He jumps off the side of the train midair in slow mo. Hits the deactivation button. The yeah. nuke deactivates. He the escapes. train car. The train collides. Hits the engine car. Travolta looks up and smiles as the nuke flies towards him. Purely out of inertia. Yeah. The nuke impales John it Travolta. Impales the Travolta's man. Travolta's impaled by a nuclear device. Flung out of the train. A massive explosion occurs. <laughs> Travolta is like incinerated with his nuke attached to him. Hail and Mathis. It is such a good death scene. It's amazing. The ragdoll for John Travolta that flies out of the train is so funny. It is so funny. Um, it is a great culmination of this action And scene. his smile, too. He yeah. does a smile He's thing. He's like, I got beaten, but it was good. It was good. He explodes. Um, Mathis and Slater are safely yeah, off they, the train. They reunite. And it's they the, introduce each other because they never learned each other's names. Yeah. They say, they're like... Oh, I'm uh, I'm, I'm Samantha Hale. Terry. And I'm she's like I'm ha- I'm Riley. Terry. Yeah. And then cut to credits. Cut directed to credits. by John Woo. Yeah. Such a fun movie. A very fun. Like movie. when I say this, I don't mean that as a slight. I mean I love this movie. I thought it was such a good time. I like. I may not watch it again. Yeah. But but I had a great time. I had a great it. time watching it. Yeah. Um, uh, Travolta is yeah. the best part of this movie. 
I mean, right? Yes, absolutely. He's the, he's the best part of this movie. This is um, absolutely something that just, like, it defines, it's what Travolta will do for a lot of other movies is this yeah. kind of archetype. Yeah. And it's because this performance is so great. Yeah. This movie comes out. It does pr- fairly well at the bottom. It's not like a major hit. It makes $150 million on a budget of $50 million. That's yeah. three times its budget. It's pretty good. Pretty respectable. Like, gets John Woo more movies. Yeah, gets John Woo more Gets Travolta more movies after this. He's mm. proving himself to, like, he can make... Does it he, get Slater more movies after this? Yeah, like, Slater's in a few more things after this. I feel like it was more of a Travolta hit than a Slater Yeah, hit, it was a Travolta hit. I mean, he's top else. build, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Um, it comes out, it gets, you know, pretty average reviews. Everyone's like, well-made movie. Yeah. Good fun. It's good fun mm-hmm. on the weekend. There's the not summer. really anyone who hates this movie. It's a good summer blockbuster. <laughs> Actually, there it, here's the, the Rotten Tomatoes uh, synopsis. John Woo adds pyrotechnically to John Travolta's hammy performance, which is such a great way to say this. It is a great way to say it. Um, there's one person who dislikes this movie, though, and it makes me mad. Roger Ebert disliked this movie. And he can, and it was the time he was doing Ebert and Siskel. This I, and I heard about. Roger this. Ebert convinced Gene Siskel to dislike this movie because Siskel originally liked it. Yeah. and they had a long talk, and yeah. he convinced Siskel to do thumbs yeah. down. And it was the only time he'd convinced him to change his review, which makes me mad because this movie is definitely a thumbs up. You don't even have to like love this movie and be like, yeah, competently made, entertaining. Give it, give it a little thumbs up. Little, yeah, give it a little thummy. You don't know the things I can do with my thumbs. <laughs> Sean 2, 1996. God damn. But yeah, another hit for Travolta. Another hit period for of hits for him. Yeah. He's, you know, back, baby. Yeah, uh, this is like, you know, the solidified, like, Pulp Fiction wasn't just a fluke. Yeah. Like, Travolta really can bring the thunder into yeah. a role. Pulp Fiction restarted it. Um, movies like Get Shorty, like, solidified it. And this is a movie that just keeps it going. This is like... Yeah the movie that you expect a movie star to do like yeah he does it maybe it's not his like best movie but it's a movie that a movie starts doing you saw it because of the movie star and you had a good time yeah yeah r.i.p bob gunton r.i.p bob gunton thrown into the the glen canyon national park (laughs) casually on the side of the road yeah yeah i thought this this movie is so so much fun yeah I, i did too and i'm so happy we're finally getting able to talk about movies that we can nicely sit through yes you know? dig into we had a lot of we had a you know some entertaining but yet painful experiences of movies <laughs> that were hard to sit through this was not hard to sit through no this was this was well a, this was well worth the time yeah this was well worth the the afternoon that i had to spend mm-hmm. you know but next week next week um we'll be talking about we'll be having a phenomenon do you have any do you have any last thoughts on this before we get into before we um, close this out i i would uh, the best encapsulating um phrase that i would say really describes this movie the best is going back to what you said earlier which is that seven out of ten very yeah. cookie cutter concrete script but with a good director good actor this is an Build example a strong of the, thing on top of the foundation yeah it's this is an example of that movie so if you're into those types of things again the rock yeah. air force one those yeah. types of films this would be it's a, good, a good, one. good it's a good programmer yeah um and i mean that most loving way possible yeah that's uh, that's it for me that's broken arrow that's broken arrow good movie great movie uh but yeah next week we'll be talking about phenomenon with a very special guest our very special guest uh we'll be recording that episode very soon yeah with said guest i you know our recording session is pretty soon here jeff and he's not here yet so yeah, we might have to plug Jack Nicholson. <laughs> we might have to plug Jack Nicholson or at least delay yeah, this. You might need me for this one. Hey, get the fuck back in your room, Jack. 
God, this fucking Come on. This guy. Is he like? Is he permanently moved in? No, he just he's hang, he, he's moving around. <laughs> he's, I don't know he, what that he, means. He's between homes. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on. As a reminder, we are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on YouTube. We are on Google Podcasts. Find us at Travolting Pod on Twitter or Instagram for updates and fun stuff. Pop into our Reddit, r slash Travolting. It's a good time. Anything happens on that been, Reddit. There's been two things there, and it's like six-month lifespan. Uh, email any comments or questions, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter, at Jeff W. Sweeney. Find me on Instagram at StewartElmore95. Special thanks to Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design, as always, and Michael Van Bodegum-Smith for the new theme music that is currently leading you out. Have a great week, folks. See you for the phenomenon. Phenomenon. Bye.